And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, and the unendorsed Doc Manson. Well, we had a Royal Rumble, it was Royal, and it was a Rumble, and a whole lot of things happened. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, I'm not going to say the name of the show because you just heard it in the intro, but I will introduce uh, the host slash co-host of the show, the, uh, what did I say? Now I have to go back and look. Without him, I would still be writing poems. Go ahead, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. Say something. Say something. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on here. This I is expect- good radio, right? I expected this. Uh, let's look at the PWI from, I think this is October of um, 2001. Okay. I, I'm all, I'll set with the poetry. We can, uh, we can move on. Is that Kurt Angle on the cover there? He's that looking, is, in fact, Kurt Angle. He's looking rather uh, lusciously headed, full of hair. Yes, he's the wrestler of the it's half not year. A sentence, but uh, hey, hey, Triple H beat Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Title. That was a big deal back then. Is there any uh, news in that magazine about Sonny? Oh, Sonny, you dis- you depress me so, so much. I will. I will say, um, whoever out there is naming these things. You know, sunny side up. I don't know if you've heard. Sunny side up. Whoever is being paid to to name these products, I think they belong on a level equal to Hallmark greeting card auteurs. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Uncomfortable, as you would expect. Yeah, well, that's... That's DC for the course. Because, cause, you know, I, I feel bad because, you know, my formative years watching wrestling, she was the original diva. I mean, the original diva, if you ignore Sensational Sherry and Miss Elizabeth. She was the first person Rockin that Robin they used, where they, they blatantly used her sexuality to sell things. I don't think you can say they were using Sherry Martell's sexuality to sell things. Mm, I guess not, but she was a pretty lady. Yes. And well, Miss Elizabeth was fabu- nothing but a pretty lady. Fabulous Moolah was a pretty lady. Back in the day. In her time. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that? The, 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 uh, the, um, I think she was a Japanese wrestler with the hair. Bull, Bull Nakano. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's a lady. Luna Vachon. Okay, well, nope. Luna Vachon was not selling anything um, based off of uh, being a pretty lady, but that's neither here nor there. So, well, now that we've talked about uh, women's wrestlers of the past and uh, unfortunate, t- well, clever titles to unfortunate videos, uh, we've, we have not talked since the Royal Rumble. There's been a Royal Rumble, there's been a Raw, there's hey, been do, an NXT. Do, do you remember... Um, I don't remember when this was, but a few years ago, at least. Probably more than a few. Then they had that Royal Rumble commercial that was a spoof on West Side Story. There's gonna be a rumble. That's right! Yeah, yeah. 
that's probably the best piece of advertising I think I've ever seen. Period in terms of the WWE. Well, because you've got some Chris of these Benoit people. Chris Benoit with the wig. Yes, was, was the highlight I think of that. Yes, we'll reach an understanding when the show is over. I'll be the last one standing tonight. I'm impressed that you remember that. You must I have just watched, watched it. it. I watched it in the last week or so just because I do that is the best rumble commercial ever. <clears throat> That's on par with in similar era them doing the whole spoof you know when WrestleMania went Hollywood and Batista's doing the whole you talking to me thing and you know they had a moment where they were doing some really great commercials and now they they do weird clay statues that make it look like it's coming from Las Vegas or something Caesar's Palace do you even remember that that's what this was this year? Wait, this year? Yes, this year when they showed like the <clears throat> when they talked about it, they had the wrestlers in the and like clay statues, and you would talk about you know here's Kevin Owens oh. in a clay statue and Dean that Ambrose. was supposed to be what? It, it reminded me of like you know kind of ancient Roman times with these marble oh. statues. Well, and... see, the thing I thought it was, I don't know if earlier this year if you saw the Avengers: Age of Ultron, I think you probably did. But during the closing credits, there was this like you know marble statue of all the heroes during the climax, climactic scene of that film because that was a really weirdly shot climax for a film where basically the entire scene was this 360 panoramic fight, which is cool and all, except when you sum it up and you realize that the biggest action sequence in your movie can be summed up by a motionless three dim- th- a 360 statue, it makes it seem kind of small and uninteresting. But anyways, it kind of looked to me like the WWE saw that movie, saw that statue during the end credits and said, oh man, we should do that, except we should put it together in six hours instead of spending you know six months on a render farm and have absolutely no detail or textures on it and make it look basically like complete garbage. But I mean, that's kind of what I was reminded of when I saw it. I spent the entire latter half of that movie marking out over the vision. I was so happy. The vision was terrible. No, he was phenomenal. No, he was terrible. He looked like a diaper, a diaper baby in Come to Life to, to use. I, the fa- just Matthews the fact that he parlance. had come to life was all I needed. All I needed was to see the vision on the screen. Then, you know, you see the Scarlet Witch moment. And if you followed the comics, you know they're going to have babies in some weird way. So it was just... Should was we talk about the actual Royal Rumble or should we continue to talk about anything but... Well, I don't know. I mean, are we trying to fit this into a 60-minute show? Uh, for now, sure. 60, 75 minutes. I see. All right. We could probably stretch it to 90 because, you know, Lucha Underground happened last night. Did you watch season two of Lucha Underground? Is that even on a channel that I get? I, I don't think so. Do you so. get El Rey? I do not. So there's no chance of me watching that one. You can find it online. There's yeah. there's many avenues of finding this wrestling. That. I'm sorry. I'm... Uh, I have a lawful good alignment. I cannot uh, seek out these means of which you speak. I, I could not, in good conscience, watch Matt Stryker stood in the stood in the desert for what you would lead, be led to believe was six months, waiting for Vampiro to be released from wherever Vampiro was being held. Spoilers, mm, yeah. or at least trying to keep it spoiler free. I don't think so. I care about that at all. Okay. Well, what did what you think I saw of the-, of the first season of Lucha Underground? Was very good though. I would be interested in watching all of that at some point, but I, I it makes no sense to me why when you have a network like this, and I feel the same way about TNA, and I feel the same way about Ring of Honor, 
why and Ring of Honor at least has a website. Why wouldn't you find some means of streaming so that you could get your content out there to more people? Because a lot of these companies don't have the leverage that WWE has, and a television company wants exclusive content. So when you're TNA and you're desperate for TNA uh, television dollars so you don't go out of business, you have absolutely no leverage to make demands in the negotiations with the television networks. So you probably can't get those streaming rights. Ring of Honor is in a unique position because they're owned by the broadcasting company in which they're on. So it's in, I think, probably Sinclair's interest to continue the internet business because that actually is a better revenue source for Sinclair Broadcasting, which is not the case for TNA, which is privately owned. Same thing with... uh, Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. So, so you're saying the issue is with the El Rey Network won't let them stream it somewhere. For now, yeah. I mean, Lucha Underground was it was barely even obvious that it was going to come back for a second season, right? There was some talk that it was too expensive to produce the first season and it wasn't going to come back. So once yes. again, um, I don't think they were in a position to demand anything during negotiations. Um, to get the streaming rights probably was... You know, wait, not something that they could do. That's valuable. That's valuable content to El Rey. All right. Well, you, that makes perfect sense to me. See, there you go. You say you don't, you know, want to watch, but you just made a perfectly logical argument. People around the neighborhood now are smarter than they were before they started listening to this podcast, despite the fact that we have still not talked about the Royal Rumble. So I ask you, Doc Manson, at Ooh. Doc Manson. I just have to point this out. I, we're on Skype to facilitate this conversation. And FleeryGirl.Shelby1996 just sent me an invite. I don't know who this is, but I think I should accept. I'm apparently popular on Skype. If you would like to turn this into a very different show, uh, I'll sign off and you can do whatever it is you want to do with Fleeky Girl or whatever her name is and... I'll see if she's ever heard a sunny side up. <laughs> well, while you do that, let me talk about the Royal Rumble, which happened a mere few days ago. Uh, a few days ago? A lot of positivity. Several, really. I mean, it was Sunday. Today's Friday. Yeah. <clears throat> they won't be uh, hearing this until Saturday. I mean, that's yes, like that's what I'm saying. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, several. You know, maybe days. we should that's stop. Not a few days. A few is three or four. <laughs> so would this be many days, or is there something in between? A handful of days. Several. Some? Several. 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 Okay. You should write an article for NewAgeInsiders.com in which you spell out the difference between a few and several. Well, we're all agreed that a couple is two, right? I would say a couple is probably three. No. A couple. What? How many people are in a couple when you talk about people being a couple? Depends on what state you live in. Two. A couple is two. Not in Utah. A couple is two. But I just had a couple of M&M's, and there's three of them in my mouth. No, that's a few. You've had a few M&M's. And you're lying if you say that you've only had a few M&M's. I've been watching you. In fact, you are well beyond several. <laughs> Would you say I've had a multitude of them now? Um, I don't know. I think at this point we should probably just start going by weight. So I'm going to say probably about a pound or so. Now that is blatantly false sir i demand you retract that <laughs> well, by the time we finish accusation. this by the time we finish the podcast that could be possible right 
I don't know how many are left. <laughs> so about that Royal Rumble match, which happened several days ago. Well, I yeah, guess. Tell me about your thoughts from a couple nights ago. I couldn't tell you anything from a couple nights ago because that would have been. Oh, that's NXT. Wednesday night. I can tell you about NXT, I guess. Let's let's just not talk about the Rumble at all. <laughs> let's talk about everything else. Okay. American Alpha got the victory. Yeah, that was a somewhat enjoyable match. I don't understand, I though, why um, Chad Gable is always the person who goes in, he does some flashy stuff, and he's the one who gets beaten down, and he always makes the hot tag to Jason Jordan. I don't understand that dynamic, why that has to be that way. Um, I think they do because it in every single match, every be, single one. Because Gable is physically smaller than Jordan. Yeah. I think it is done so that the big, you know, that's like Enzo always starts the tag team matches with Enzo and Cass, and then Enzo gets beat up and makes the hot tag to Big Cass. Yeah, I just don't know why that is. Um, that's a great question. I I don't I don't know the answer. I, I don't mind because before Chad Gable gets beat up, he's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's great. Um, I enjoy watching them immensely. Um, I don't. I'm not much of one for tag team wrestling, mostly because. It's too formulaic, mm-hmm. just like saying, talking with these two guys about how they, they go through the, that same motion in every single match. Um, but if I've got to watch it, those two are eminently watchable, i got to say. I, I, I've been saying this for a while now. Besides New Day, there is no better tag team on either WWE-owned roster than Jordan and Gable. Yeah, they're And excellent. New Day are not as entertaining in the ring. They can be, but they get the the nod just for the whole, you know, all of it. Yeah, for sure. But right behind them is Jordan and Gable, so. And what's going on with uh, Dana? Dana Brooke? That's right? That's her name? What about her? I think she's injured. Is that what you're asking? Well, no. I mean, she gave a little promo with Emma backstage, and then it swapped over to Enzo and Cass and Carmella, and Carmella called Dana Miss Piggy, which I thought was a little strange, but I also did note when I was looking at Dana that she did... I mean, I'm not going to say she was, you know... But she definitely looked a little bloated or something. Like, I'm just... I'm I'm wondering if that was a shot at her, just a la Kevin Owens. Like, if it, was that a weight comment? Is she suddenly having issues with weight? Is she pregnant? Is something else uh, going on? I... I, would I mean, if it's she's not, injured, maybe she can't work out. And I, mean, I would assume but, it's not pregnancy, because they usually don't take yeah. those kind of shots. Uh, but it could be. I, I didn't hear it. My guess is we're going to see, you know, Bailey and Carmella are going to have a title match probably next week on NXT. Can't wait. I'm assuming Dana Brooke and Emma will get involved. You know, I think we're we're heading towards a big six-person match. It's going to be Bailey and Asuka and Carmella versus... Naya and Dana and Emma. That seems with, to be where we're heading. With Eva Marie in the corner. Yes, which is not Why is the she worst. in the corner? Is she injured? Is she not capable of wrestling right now? But I, I know she's only been coming out with Naya, and that's it. I think it's more of maybe WWE has recognized that she's still not there yet, and fans will respond to her a little more favorably if she's a manager as opposed to a wrestler. Maybe. You know, I didn't hear a lot of people saying, oh my god, Eva Marie needs to disappear forever based on NXT. It was more of, no. oh, thank goodness she's not wrestling. And they've, 
you know, they're using her notoriety to, you know, transfer some of that on to Naya, who is rather green and I think is having some difficulty generating that reaction herself. Mm. So, yeah, it makes sense. It's a symbiotic partnership for sure. Mm. There you go, breaking out the science jargon again. Yeah, well, it's in my blood. Anytime somebody says symbiotic, I think about Venom and the black Spider-Man. I tend to think of Carnage, but yeah, that's good. Either way. Either way. It's a shame he never showed up in a movie. It's a shame that none of those movies were very good after the first two. Yeah, by the time they got to Venom, it was it was pretty much all over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, I did not enjoy the triple threat match as much as I thought I would. Which triple threat match? Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe. The crowd was obviously very tired out. It was probably the third or fourth hour of tapings. So they didn't seem to be into it. Um, you know, I thought the match was decent, but, you know, I, I, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't know why. But did you yeah. enjoy it? I didn't watch it. I did watch NXT, but when I got to that match, my, uh, my WWE app kept crashing. I don't know why. I couldn't get past the entrances. Did so you hear about what happened? It. No, I didn't. Um, would you like to know? Sure. Sami Zayn put Baron Corbin in a very awkward-looking sharpshooter because all Canadians need to use the sharpshooter at least once in their career. Okay. Um, and then Samoa Joe put Baron Corbin in the crossface at the same time, a la Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. And Baron Corbin tapped out, and there was some dissension as to who Baron Corbin tapped out to, so now Joe and Zayn are going to have their own match in a couple of weeks to determine the true number one contender. Why can't they just ask Mr. Corbin? Excuse me, Baron. Could you please tell me to whom were you tapping? Which of these fine gentle people was causing you the most distress? And if he, you know, said, Oh, well, it was Samoa Joe. Then they could just give, you know, the title nod to Samoa Joe, right? Or if he said, I do believe that it was Mr. Zane with his sharpest of shooters, which caused me the most discomfort. Then they could say, Okay, Sammy Zane, you get the nod. Why don't they just ask him? I don't understand. When did Baron Corbin join the Vaudevillains? Trust That's me, it's what... way better this way. Just, just, just every I time you think of Baron Corbin, just think about it that way. No, I think he should say, you know, Forsooth, good man, I feel thou should go back to the Ring of Havana from whence you came. In doodly doodly, sir. I so, like uh, Why don't you just ask him? I don't know. Why do they have to have another match? <clears throat> that's, a, that's a great question. And, you know, we should, we should send a message to William Regal and, and give him that suggestion. And I, maybe we can change the course of history. We, ha- we can certainly hope so. Lord knows we're not doing it on this podcast. You know who changed the course of history? The New Age Insiders? Well, they did by becoming the, you know, number two Potomatic. But I was going to actually By riding our coattails. (laughs) That was Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. (laughs) Lying through his teeth. The New Age Insiders are riding the wave of DDT wrestling (laughs) to glory. So sooner or later, they're going to take offense to one of these things I say, right? And we're going to get kicked off the network, right? This is this is Not happening. That, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. I blame that Liam guy. He's just so uppity. He's got <laughs> it out for me, I'm telling you. Once again, that was Doc Manson. I was going to mention Mr. A.J. Styles, and at the close Wait, are you to trying to talk about mark, the Rumble? Let's actually talk about the Royal Rumble. Well, why don't Rumble. we start at the beginning of the pay-per-view, then? 
Okay, so the pre-show match. Yeah. Um, why the unless heck? Unless you'd like to talk about the fact why? that Jerry Lawler Wait, no. is now. Let's, let's talk about the pre-show match. Why on earth did Mark Henry and Jack Swagger get the nod there? Why? Because Mark Henry is going to retire soon, so he needed one last rumble, and also he is a physically imposing guy, which makes it more impressive when people toss him out of the ring. That would be my guess. I guess. I don't know. Didn't do much for me. Seemed like a poor use. I think pretty much anybody else would have been a better choice. Maybe not. Well, I think anybody I think anybody else would have had the exact same path. You know, whoever won was only going to be in the rumble for about two, two and a half minutes. And that might be both of them put together. I mean, you're right, but I would have rather have seen the Dudleys. And I know it's. I know I'm crazy if I think they're really going to do a heel turn and split them up or whatever, but you could have told a story with the Dudleys. With Mark Henry, like you said, okay, yeah, it's impressive, I guess, when somebody throws him out, but there's no story there. It didn't add to anything. It was just a body filling a spot in the Rumble. You could have maybe done something with someone else. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't have done something with Mark Henry and Jack Swagger, I guess, but they're such non-entities that to tell anything with them would have been out of left field because they're not active participants in anything right now. I I will say I don't mind them as a team. If they wanted to give them a moderate tag team push, you know, I'm really tired of seeing the New Day battle the Usos. I'm I'm really just tired of that. So Yeah, well, it's going to be going on for forever, apparently, plus another day. So get used to it. Not if Golden Truth has anything to say about it. Well, I don't think that's actually a tag team, because I don't know if you know this, but our truth doesn't swing that way. But that's not what he's talking about. you got to watch SmackDown. He explained himself. Oh, did he? While they were stretching, and then Goldust injured his groin and asked our truth for help, and I think our truth left. So, mm, so and, and, and apparently Goldust, for some reason, after about a 10-year stint, has redeveloped that tick that happened when he got electrocuted. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to build that in story-wise, but apparently that's a thing again. It's the most entertaining gold dust, so I'm fine with it. I, I'm fine with it, too. If I were Booker T, I'd be offended, though, because they just replaced me, you, me with a different person that looks like me. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, they both have tattoos. Oh, got it. I thought you were referring to the fact they both smoked a lot of weed. I don't know if our truth did that. I, I no. Why would Why would you think is that explaining why he never knows what's going on? Partly that, partly the bloodshot red eyes, and partly the fact that I heard he really likes Rob Van Dam. Wait, RVD mm-hmm. likes illicit substances. I I've heard that once or twice. You would never know it from seeing his character in interviews or anything it's like true. that. It's true. No, it seems very out of left field when you first hear that. Nobody really is ever prepared. That's not what they think of when they think of RVD. I'm I'm surprised and a little a, a little chagrined. Mm, uh, indeed. I was also I was surprised by the pop that one Mr. Damien Sandow got, though they didn't capitalize did on you, it. Did you note during that pre-show match? I thought this was the coolest little touch. Um Sandow, who was Sandow's partner in that match? Darren Young. They were standing on, you know, the apron, the corner there, when the Ascension was making their entrance. And when the Ascension went by, I don't know which is Connor or Victor or which, but as they were walking by, whichever one it was, punched Damien Sandow in the ankle. 
He was just walking by and just like nonchalantly just punched him as he walked by. And Sandow was like, what the are you doing, man? It was kind of just this little moment, just this little slight moment. And I, I appreciated it. I thought it was a nice little touch. They were paying attention to their characters even, you know, just walking in. At least that's what I assume it was. Maybe they guys... Was they Sandow getting in the way of the entrance? Is that what it was? was no, he, not- he was just standing on the apron. He was just standing there, like, waiting, like... He would be like to tag into the match, or he was just standing on the apron, and they were just walking by to enter from the stairs on the other side. Was they it were the tall one, the or was it the one who looks like Christopher Daniels? I forget. I think it was the tall one, but I don't really remember. Okay. Go back and watch it. It's on the network, right? So the ta- the tall one is Connor, and the one who looks like uh, yeah. Christopher Daniels, who wore the steampunk goggles before Becky Lynch did. That one's Victor. Okay, it might have been Connor, but it could have been either. To be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, but you know, I, I, I do think they could have told, I, you know, I would have loved to see a little story between the Dudleys and could have been the Usos or somebody else. I would have loved, you know, if Sandow had gotten in the rumble, there would have been another big pop. Sandow was good. And the audience really did respond to him. He had that moment. He got into the ring, he threw back his arms and they were all about it. It They were way into it. They were super excited. It was a great way to get the crowd pumped up. And you know, uh, I mean, watching him go in that match just for the little bit that he was in it, he's really good. He reminds he me a lot of Triple H. The way that he deliberately moves and the way that things just look impactful when he does them. Uh, I, I don't know, man. He is real good, and I don't understand why they think he's uninteresting and don't use him more. He reminds me of, of the Drifter. Well, yeah. Who got absolutely no crowd reaction on NXT. I will say, watching the drifter Elias Sampson this week on NXT, that was, I think, the best showing he's had in a match since his debut. And the crowd could not have cared any less. It's true, but I will will say, that was the first time that I watched him, and I thought, oh man... He does know what he's doing. The last mm-hmm. couple of matches were not I was not impressed at all. But this one I actually said, Oh, okay, wait a minute. He that 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 move that he just did that looked impactful, that looked like he really, you know, connected and injured that man. That was an impressive um you know, physical showing, which mm-hmm. I had not seen in his previous matches. The the only way he's gonna get the crowd to react, I think is to hit someone with that guitar. Probably. He's got to bash it over. I, I hear rumors that he's going to feud with Apollo Crews next. I don't know why. But he's got to smash the, ha- the hammer. Smash the guitar over Apollo Crews' head. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. So, speaking of weapons, uh, the Royal Rumble proper opened with, as I... As I believe I did predict, what could be a match of the year candidate, Ambrose versus Owens, last man standing. Your thoughts, sir? It was a good match. Um, I'm never very impressed with last man standing matches. I, it's a gimmick match. They just beat the crap out of each other until somebody can't stand. Um, there's a lot of weapons, but I don't know. There was a lot of misdirection in this match, which was fun. They set up those tables, didn't use them, but then they finally came back to them later on. Like, that was a good spot. Um, so, I mean, it was technically sound. It was a good match. But, I, you know, I don't know. It wasn't... I, less, I have trouble getting excited for Last Man Standing that's, matches. That's completely fair. It is an, it is an odd gimmick. Uh, yeah. You know, my favorite Last Man Standing match, which I don't even know if it was called that, was, you know, Randy Savage versus Crush 
at WrestleMania 10, and Randy Savage literally tied Crush and hung him upside down so he physically could not answer the 10 count. Uh, yeah, that was really good. I remember that one. Uh, you know, I thought I've never seen someone break. That was a different, wasn't that? That wasn't just a last man standing match. You had to, they return, had to return to the, return ring. To the ring. Yeah, but it was. I, and I actually think that is more interesting than a last man standing match because you potentially you could still answer the ten count, but you know, as you're brawling throughout the arena, the further and further away from the ring that you get, you have to be paying attention and calculating whether or not you're able to get back. To get back. I think it actually adds an interesting wrinkle to the last man standing, but that which would, isn't typically present. That would require them fighting backstage, and we don't see that anymore. People don't mm. brawl into the back all Occasionally, that often. but yeah, not that often. I wonder why that is. Why do they do away with that? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's the PG thing. I don't know if it just takes too much effort to get the camera crew back there and to have everything set up. But I, as I was saying... I don't think I've ever seen anyone break a kendo stick in half and use the broken half to jab someone in the stomach. I thought that was stupid. I don't understand why you would do that. Like, why wouldn't you just take the kendo stick and just hit them with it over and over and over again? That seems way more effective than breaking it and jabbing You're right. I've never seen it before. It was creative, but I don't understand why you would do that as opposed to just smashing the person in the face with it over and over and over again. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Perhaps the the Singapore cane, when it's broken, is sharp, and it's like you're j- stabbing at them. I guess, but it's not like I saw Dean Ambrose bleeding from his abdomen afterwards, so it didn't seem that effective. You know what I mean? It just doesn't... Do I, you I don't think know. There it didn't play as blood. well as... I Do you think there should have been blood in that match at all? No, I don't think matches really ever need blood. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mick Foley's my favorite wrestler of all time, and he bled all over everything. And I don't get me wrong, like I do appreciate the the careful use of that. But no, I don't think that match really needed it. But if you're going to stab somebody, um, I kind of feel like it doesn't make any sense if you don't include blood at that point. I, I, I don't know. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was very good. Um, it was very for, good. Don't take it. Don't get me wrong. For, it was very for good. a last man standing match, which they aren't necessarily always the best, and they usually involve you know somebody moving the announce table over the big show so he can't stand up. Indeed. Uh, you know, following that was I think it was New Day Usos. Well, I did appreciate when they were brawling and they went over to the announce table. I think Kevin Owens took Michael Cole's glasses. And then Dean Ambrose took his phone. I don't know if you noticed that. That was yeah, kind of funny. I saw funny. somebody was trying to hit somebody with what looked like some sort of tablet computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. That they were well, and I, and keeping I like in how... character and still picking on Michael Cole. I thought that was actually pretty... Oh, and the other thing about that match... Sorry, I know you're trying to make a point, but the other thing... No, that's fine. Match, they were in the ring, and you don't often hear wrestlers talking to each other back and forth, but I don't know if you heard it. Kevin Owens was like getting beat up. He was thrown into the corner, and he was just like, I hate you. Yes. And and Dean Ambrose was like, I hate you too. He responded. It was great. It was yes. like this little corny moment, you know, hit you over the head with it. No nuance. I hate you. But, you know, you're in the middle of this weird dance, which we call the wrestling ring. There's the psychology, these things mm-hmm. going on. But then you're still paying attention enough to your character to let loose with that, just like that little piece well, of dialogue. And, 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 and I think that goes to show enough, how good both of those guys are. To, to be wise enough to realize that you're not going to have a fight that doesn't involve some amount of talking. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I just Shawn I get- Michaels and Bret Hart had a 60-minute match and I don't think they spoke one word to each other that was in- that was intended for the crowd to hear. 
you know, you're going to say something. And Kevin Owens does that great. And I loved when he got thrown over and he intentionally took out Michael Cole. And then <laughs> Ambrose brings him into the ring. And you can hear Michael Cole say very passionately, kill him, Ambrose. Just kill him. And I'm like, I bet that's legitimate because <laughs> Cole is now embarrassed that he got taken out by, you know, on national yeah. TV. There was a lot of real good little moments in that match, speaking of little moments, which I brought up with Ascension and Damien Sandow, those two guys, maybe it's Kevin Owens more than anything, I don't know, but having Dean Ambrose, I think, as a very capable person to play off of together, there was lots of little moments in that match that really made me appreciate what those men were doing. And that's what I'm thinking. I think, you know, that's a match that I think if we went back and rewatched it, which I might have to do this weekend. You would find new things. You would appreciate it all over again. You know, it, it was just a very well done match. And I, I, Kevin Owens makes everything better. You know, I, I do not think it is an accident that Dean Ambrose went from a mid-card feud with Kevin Owens to where he is now, which we'll talk about as we get there. You know, Kevin Owens makes people... You know, I remembered why Dean Ambrose was so good. You know, not since he emerged from the trunk of Seth Rollins' car have I been like, oh man, he's amazing. You know, he got mired in lower-end feuds. He was the, you know, towel boy for Roman Reigns for a while. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, you're incredibly entertaining when you want to be. Yes, yes, he is. I love Dean Ambrose. And Kevin Owens, with him together, just makes it so much better. Um, is there anything that we need to say about New Day versus Usos? No, it was a crap match. That was very good. I th- but I I think it exactly was fine. It, it had the unfortunate fate of having to follow the Last Man Standing match. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect anything from that match. The Usos are a very known quantity to me, and mm-hmm. as you said, what I find don't don't get me wrong. Everybody in New Day. Well, I don't know about everybody, but. Kofi Kingston is extremely talented athletically. Big E could do some very impressive things. I'm not sure Xavier Woods actually is a good wrestler or not, but he doesn't tend to be involved in the wrestling side of things anyways. You're giving me a look. It's time for the weekly Mrs. Manson Brings Doc Food on the podcast. I think I'm going to need probably at least two more slices, so... Oh, oh and, and, and a drink. My, my beer has, has been tapped out. So if, if you don't mind, uh, uh, just some water or, or if we happen to have some, that, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 you're being recorded. If you have anything to say, feel free. Anything for you, my love. Thanks, Mrs. Manson. <laughs> oh. You're going to pay so hard when this show is over. I Why? can't wait. What? What do you mean? Uh, I don't know. Enjoy this your pizza. pizza. is delicious. I enjoy your pizza. Um, Xavier Woods, I think, is a good wrestler. He had a, a pretty good match with John Cena once upon a time. That's um, true. And I remember seeing him actually in TNA when he was uh, a, a Consequences Creed. And he was actually very good back then. Although I haven't seen much of that from him in WWE is, I guess, my main point. Yeah. So I think, you know, the match was, there was nothing to write home about. I really thought that uh, the Usos were going to win. So I was surprised when the New Day retained the titles. Again, you know, while they had a good moment with the Rock. I can't remember what I predicted. What? I can't remember what I predicted on that match. I think we I think you predicted New Day was going to retain, but I think you, you went kind of either way with it. Yeah. 
So, okay. where'd you get the pizza from? Is it homemade or did you? Uh, homemade. Did you make it? I think Mrs. Manson made it. You think Mrs. Manson made it? Oh, she definitely did. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you make the pizza? No, I, I made it last time, but I didn't make it this time. Okay. Sorry. Well, it's very Thank good. You for the ask, word. ask Mrs. Manson. I want to know. Get her back here. I want to hear what Ms. she thought Ms. about the Ms. rumble. Mrs. Manson, hold on. Uh, he wants to know what you thought about. Wait, about what the rumble? The, just did she enjoy the show? Did you enjoy the Royal Rumble? Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't exciting at the end, though. It wasn't exciting at the end. Oh, she's we're not a big disagree. Triple H fan. We're going to disagree. You're, so you're not a Triple H fan. No. No. All right. Okay. He's too predictable. Says the woman who's been watching wrestling for about five and a half minutes. What? Oh, you have to give her more credit than that. She's been watching wrestling since we lived together in Wellington Oaks, so that's got to be at least six years now. Okay. Well, fair enough. So, bow down to the king. (laughs) Thank you. Um, This is delicious. It's so good. Um, U.S. title match, Kalisto won. Yay. Yeah, I mean, we kind of... I just think that's still really weird, that back and forth that they did in those matches. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why Alberto Del Rio keeps going after Kalisto's mask. Like, is he that going to go somewhere? I missed that. Apparently, I missed it too, but I was told by the neighborhood that he went after the mask again during the match at the Royal Rumble. Several huh. days ago. Okay, well, I missed that. So... I can't comment on it because I don't remember. I can't, you know, part of me is like, are they going for a mask versus like hair match at WrestleMania? Are we going to have to see this feud continue for another two months? Please, God, no. I think that's very likely. Yes. I don't see why. See, I want, you know, and and this is kind of tying in with some of the other things. I want a U.S. championship ladder match like we had with the Intercontinental title. Kalisto, Neville, Ziggler, Titus O'Neil, Rusev, and one AJ Styles, I think, all belong in that match. But whether or not that happens, I don't know. I don't know where WWE's going with this. But nope, no idea. Kalisto won. I'm happy. Hey, that was a good match. Uh, Charlotte won. I didn't watch that match. I only watched when Sasha Banks came out. Yeah, it was nothing. You know, it was all right, but whatever. Exactly like I said, um, Becky just doesn't. Have what it takes. I think she's good, but she's immediately, now she's back to being an afterthought, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's all she's ever been. So, well, she, she had, she, there was a moment, we both said it, where she looked like she could have been a contender for that title. But now it's the Sasha and Charlotte show, despite the fact that I watched SmackDown and Raw, and I don't think I saw Sasha Banks once. So here's the thing. I mean, I guess we could see Charlotte and Sasha... At Fastlane, and then we could maybe see a triple threat at WrestleMania with Becky involved. I mean, I guess that's possible, right? It could be. You know, it might be a better match than just Charlotte versus Sasha. I mean, is this what they we've 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 been we've been sort of you know I don't know about us so much, but the internet wrestling community in general has been sort of saying we want Sasha, we want Sasha since the debut. Is this what they've been doing? Have they just been um, you know biding their time? until it was now the lead-up to WrestleMania to introduce Sasha? I think so. I think they had penciled in, as soon as the Divas Revolution started, I think they penciled in Charlotte versus Sasha for WrestleMania. I think... I didn't realize that before, but now it seems kind of obvious that that must have been what they were doing. You know, so they were just kind of killing time 
with the page thing, with the PVC pipe thing, until they could be ready. Which so. I think it's really strange because, I don't know, man, Paige is really good, and I just kind of feel like she needs to be involved more. That, that, that Do you think that the women's wrestling is such that they need there needs to be now a second title? I don't think there needs to be a second title, but it's like I told you before when we were talking about NXT. Historically, there's been the title... And that's it. There's no mid-card women. There is now. In NXT, Asuka herself is that mid-card division. Because she, whatever she's doing so far has had nothing to do with Bailey or the title. They actually have this tier in NXT. And I don't know quite that that's happened on the main roster yet. But you bring up just a couple more people and you kind of, to your point... There could be room for a mid-card belt, even. Uh, bring back, or not even back, I don't know if it ever existed, a women's tag team title. Eh, I don't think they've got enough talent for that yet. I don't know. Because you know, like you said, if you brought up Dana and Emma, and I don't think Dana's, re- Dana's ready, but why not? Or if you had the title defended on both brands or something like that, you know, I think you could do something with it. You could have, you know... Paige and Natalia as a team. You could have Brie and Alicia as a team. You could have Tamina and Naomi as a team. Doc got more pizza, so I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, Thank you. You know, Becky Lynch could team with somebody. I so guess so. I, I think you could do it. I think it would dilute it a bit. But you've got, you know, Natalia's been back, which she had a, a pretty good match with Charlotte. It was quick, but it showed that Natalia's on par with all of them um, in terms of just in-ring work. Natalia's been squandered for the last several years, so I mean... And part of it, you know, part of it, I think, was injury. Part of it was Tyson Kidd got hurt, so she wanted to be home with him for a little bit. But the fact that she, I think, had a match on Part of it is they gave her a farting gimmick. I don't remember that, so for my money, it never happened. You weren't watching at that time. It did. It was just backstage segments, and nope, I she refuse. Would break wind. And I refuse to acknowledge. It was a good it. year of her career. Nope, didn't mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, it did. The Royal Rumble happened. Roman Are Reigns we came up out. To the Rumble? What? Are we already up to the Rumble? We are already at the Rumble. We've gone through every other match. All right, that's only forty-two minutes huh? in. <laughs> Ro- Roman Reigns came out. Rusev came out and got tossed immediately, which bothered me to no end because I like Rusev and. I like Rusev. And then the music hit that you didn't recognize. We got a nice close-up of Roman Reigns for no reason. <laughs> Pretty much with that face. And then Just looking completely incredulous. And then we get a shot of the one, the only, the phenomenal AJ Styles, his hair looking like the little Dutch boy paint man. Yeah. Coming to make his debut in the WWE and was there for... About 30 minutes. Yeah, he had a nice long uh, entry into the Rumble match, which was nice. I don't really think he got to shine at all during that match, but, you know, he got to take... He had, a couple of, he had a couple of moments, which was good, but, you know, a Rumble match, you can only have a couple of people shine. So, Agreed. but, you know, I, no, I didn't expect him. I really thought they're and not going to... I think they did him justice in the match. I think they 
treated him well. The crowd responded well, mm-hmm. and uh, they made they made the perfect decision to have Kevin Owens toss him because if there's one guy on that roster that you are going to be okay with eliminating AJ Styles, it's Kevin Owens. Uh huh. Just like eliminating Daniel Bryan. <clears throat> Who? Daniel Bryan. Who? The guy that Kevin Owens eliminated from the Rumble last year. Kevin Owens was not in the Royal Rumble last year. Then what am I thinking of? Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Bray Wyatt tossed him out. Okay. I'll believe you. But. And then right after tossing out AJ Styles, I think either the next entry or the second next entry, my man Sami Zayn making his WWE return, not separating any shoulders that I am aware of. Which I think is very strange that he's uh, in NXT, but he also got to be in the Rumble. I'm guessing that this is a temporary thing. You know, I, I'd love to believe that this is going to be the Mania match. Owens versus Zayn is going to be a Mania match. It's probably too soon. Yeah, so I, I just don't see it. I don't think Zayn is coming up until after WrestleMania. You might be right, and you know, but um, I don't know what his. I think I know what the rumor is for his WrestleMania weekend plans. But He's supposed to be part of TakeOver. Didn't they already announce it? Yes. Wrestling uh, one of their new... Nakatomi Plaza. Yes. Okay, so you do know that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I read it. The, I, but, but, and, and I read I it on Twitter. That, I read the headline. I think no that would fact be checking. a perfect final match to what, for TakeOver? in NXT. Would be to wrestle Nakamura, lose, probably... Graduate from NXT and make his return, make his debut on the Raw after, and maybe start the feud with Kevin Owens. Then building to WrestleMania 33, perhaps. Perhaps. So, either way, he eliminated Owens. He did well. You know, he now has had a um, WWE match where he didn't injure himself. I, and you know, like- it was it was good timing. I think if I can say one thing about this Rumble is it was booked very well. Yes. And. AJ Styles was thrown out, and then Sami Zayn came in, and yep. so you were really writing um, the ups and downs of the audience, and you did, and they, I think they did it very well. Whoever decided on that order uh, put some thought into it. It was it was a very well done rumble. I enjoyed it very much. You know, at the time when you're riding the hype of everything, you know, I was comparing it to some of the great rumbles in the past, and I think it's definitely in the top half. Of rumbles might even crack the top ten of rumble matches. I think uh, when you take the pay per view as a whole, this is one of the best pay per views they've put together in some time. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. You know the the parts that were dragging were you know the matches that were weak, quote unquote, were the New Day and Usos, which was a fine tag team match, and Charlotte versus Becky, which I'm sure was a fineish Divas match. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But I enjoyed the Rumble. Uh, you know, uh, Jericho did well. Uh, if you have not seen SmackDown, which from the sounds of it you haven't. Nope. Ambrose and Reigns were on the highlight reel. And Ambrose called himself the Iron Man of WWE, which is not a nickname I have ever heard him use before. Okay. So I, between everything, I'm going out on a limb here and saying WrestleMania 30-minute Iron Man match. Ambrose versus Jericho, because Jericho's talking about lasting 51 minutes in the Royal Rumble, and then Ambrose says something about being the Iron Man, which seemed like just a really weird name for him to use for himself. 
The Iron so, Lunatic. What? The Iron Lunatic. Uh, yeah. I Again, it came out of nowhere, and usually those kind of things. So, and again, I'm probably trying to piece random things together to paint a whole picture, but that's my prediction. Hashtag. So. Okay. Yeah. Any other comments on the Rumble itself? Well, we haven't talked about any of the things that I hated. <sighs> okay. Why don't you share something that you hated? I have a feeling I know what one of them's going to be, but go ahead. Number share one. Share some of your hate with the world. Number one. And I think a lot of people had problems with this. I think uh, the NAI guys were already talking about this. But I tweeted it the moment it happened because it just rubbed me the wrong way. Roman Reigns gets pulled out of the ring and gets beaten down by the League of Nations. They beat him up. They beat him up. They beat him up. And out comes the refs and the medics. And they're all saying, oh, Roman, you need help, and we're going to bring you to the back. And Roman Reigns refuses medical treatment. He refuses to be helped to the back. And instead, underneath his own power, the dude stumbles to the backstage area, much much to everybody. Like, I, I don't know what they were trying. I have no idea what they were trying to show. Because as far as I'm concerned, if the dude could walk out of the arena, he should have been walking his ass back into the Rumble match. And the fact that he walked into the back, to me, is a forfeit. Um, He was able to do it under his own power. I don't understand at all why you would be allowed to come back into the match after purposely walking yourself out of it. That that rubbed me the wrong way. You're speaking purely from a kayfabe point of view. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. You know, in, in the Royal Rumble 1999... The one that Austin and McMahon are both in, one and two. And, you know, Vince runs to the back. Austin chases him. The corporation is waiting in the ladies' room. They beat him down. That was a different situation. I think they were trying to mirror that a bit by having them come attack him. You know, I I can't help feeling, and this breaks kayfabe, it's the Roman can't wrestle an hour. No, he can't. So he needs, we need to build in a way for him to be there and look strong in the beginning, at the end of the match. I would have been fine with them destroying him at ringside and leaving him laying underneath a table and then you just cut back to the match and eventually he makes his way back into the ring. Nope, that would have been fine. That actually would have been fine. I I will say, you know, to, to defend the decision a little bit, I enjoyed that this Rumble was not all about Roman Reigns. There was a good 20-ish minute period where you you almost forgot he was there and you focused on other things. I did appreciate that. However, I do think you and the NAI guys are right. If you leave the arena, you leave the ringside area under your own power, you're done. Like, I even would have had, I would have had much less a problem with it if they had stretchered him out. And then but he again, came it's, it's, he had to look... I, you're right. You're absolutely right. And there's no real way to defend it. I was going to say he had to look strong by leaving, but he should have been... He should have been... If anything, it makes him look weak. It makes him look like he chose to leave yes. to catch his yes. breath, and then he, he should have back. been fighting. He should have been fighting the doctors and the medics to yeah. get back into the ring. Correct. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. All right. So that was something you hated. I can't argue with that. Number two. Number two. The Wyatt family decimating Brock Lesnar after having been eliminated all themselves. 
which, you know, is fine, whatever. I understand there's no disqualifications, and that is a way to get Brock out uh, while protecting the rest of your roster (coughs) and protecting Brock to some extent. However, after that mugging that happened after he eliminated the Wyatt family, them coming back in, throwing him out of the match, he too, he kind of just stood there at the side. The rest of the Wyatt family, if you noted, disappeared. Bray Wyatt was still in the Rumble match while Brock was catching his breath at ringside. The camera was even on him. He took some steps towards the stairs. He doubled over, caught some more breath there, and then they went shot back to the match. And then he just wandered to the back. Mm-hmm. Why on earth, after the Wyatt family disappeared and Brock Lesnar was still at ringside, wouldn't he have turned around, done the same thing, gotten into that ring, and just destroyed Bray Wyatt? Why on earth wouldn't he have done that? We know he's an angry man. We know that he lets his emotions get the best of him. He F5'd Michael Cole out of his shoes the night after WrestleMania for no reason whatsoever. Why on earth wouldn't the beast, the animal, the conqueror, why wouldn't he get back into that ring and just, I don't know, destroy Bray Wyatt until there was, suplex him until there was nothing left but fillings? You know what I mean? Just why, I don't understand for one second why his character would not get back in that ring and just wreak revenge upon him and eliminate Bray's chance of winning the title belt. I don't understand why you would not go tit for tat in that instance. I don't understand it at all. He would attack everybody. He wouldn't even just attack Bray. He would go in there and destroy anyone still in the ring at that time. Because you're right, when his rage takes, you know, he's the Incredible Hulk. When his rage takes over, he doesn't know what he's doing, so he goes after everybody. And, you know, yeah, Bray Wyatt gets unceremoniously dumped out by... I don't remember. Sheamus? Someone! His elimination could have mattered, it could have furthered a story if he, you know, if you had had Brock Lesnar F5 Bray Wyatt out of the ring. And if anything, I just I don't even know what to think about Brock Lesnar anymore because why I, I guess you could say oh well he's the actual real prize fighter of WWE he realized his shot the title was over so he just took his ball and went home to fight another day I mean I guess but like I said everything I know about Brock Lesnar that just doesn't seem like mm-hmm. that was something his character should do and if and if you're going to have if you don't want Brock Lesnar to go into the ring. You have Paul Heyman getting in his ear right away. Right. You know, Paul Heyman is the advocate. You could have heard him saying, don't do what you're going to do. The last time you did it, you got suspended for six months. Absolutely. Don't do it tonight. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. Let's go. Well, you know, and basically dragging him out of the ring. That's a perfect out. I don't. Yes, Absolutely. That would have been, you know, and I, much and I know that prepping. we are, we are. I can't even call it nitpicking because these are two major issues. But we are finding the faults in what we just said was a pretty well written rumble. But it I will say those like, are the two things that really bothered me about the match. Otherwise, yeah, it was well, very well done. Those two things really bothered me. Well, and they stand out because, and and I get the first one. That, but that Brock Lesnar thing stands out because everything was so well written up until that point. To then have it go nowhere mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, at one point, and then Bray Brock Wyatt, Lesnar doesn't even show up on Raw. Yeah, at one point, Brock Lesnar just kind of smiles as almost like, "Oh, you got one on me," which is again not, you know, not his character. Yeah, 
you know, if he's not going to start charge the ring, at least what he's going to do is look at Bray and just kind of nod as in a someday you're going to die. Yeah, absolutely. And they did none of that. So it, it bothered me. That's all I can say. I, it did. I was not bothered by Triple H coming in at number 30. I, in fact, predicted it in our production show. I didn't think he was going to wrestle, uh, but I didn't have a problem with him doing it. I loved that he and Roman Reigns were not the last two men in the ring. I, I am very I, appreciative that Roman Reigns was not one of the final two people in the you ring. You know, he gets tossed in a shocking moment. Because maybe Triple H coming in was not a shock, but the fact that Roman Reigns got dumped not at the end was shocking. And then there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, they're going to give the belt to Dean Ambrose. See, that's actually, that was one of my other problems with the end of that match was, although Dean Ambrose is elevated thanks to this program with Kevin Owens, I... The last few years, the last couple of people in that ring other than the person who wins it, really had no legitimate shot of winning. And I think they continued it this year, in my opinion. Dean Ambrose just successfully defended his Intercontinental Championship. Um, I don't think he's even in the main event picture. And although the crowd was cheering, and I love seeing him in there against Triple H, I didn't think for a moment he actually had a shot. Just like last year, I didn't think Rusev ever had a shot. They've been doing that the last few years, the last two guys in there, one of the guys has absolutely no actual shot of winning, I think. No, and see, I thought, you know, there, there was it was one of those things where, yeah, if you, if you took a step back and thought about it logically, a fresh Triple H versus an exhausted Dean Ambrose should have been, you know, fait accompli in terms of the result. But they made it feel, they made it feel like, you know, Anything I think the crowd happen. made it feel that way because the crowd responded super positively. But I looked way. at that pat. I looked at that matchup and immediately I said, "Oh, well, Triple H is going to win." I, I never felt that Dean Ambrose had a shot. I I did. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a sucker for the moment. Maybe I, you know, let you the are. crowd sway me. I'm happy either way because for a moment I was like, "They're going to unify the U.S. and World Title and the IC and World." I title would have rather in- have seen it come down to Sheamus and Triple H. That wouldn't have done anything for me because, you know, unless you're going to do some sort of random turn Seamus face bit where Triple H basically, you know, because at one point Triple H is going to say, Seamus, step over the top rope and hit the floor. This is my belt. And then Seamus is going to say, no, you do that because I'm your champion. You know, the, I, I, I can't, you know, I, it would have been interesting. It's another wrinkle, though. That would at least would have added something else to this. It would have given Sheamus something to do in the lead-up to WrestleMania, because where is he right now? Lost? No. Injured? Supposedly. He's wearing a cast. Yeah, I know, but you didn't know that at the time. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just It was just another opportunity to add a wrinkle, to add some story development, to give someone else something else to do, to add some dimension to the story, and, they and did. instead it's just Triple H versus Roman Reigns. No, but they did. They gave it to D- Dean Ambrose is in the main event of Fastlane. That would not have happened had Dean Ambrose not been the final guy. I guess not, but... I- and now we saw, again, if you watch SmackDown, watch the highlight reel, there is some friendly dissension between Reigns and Ambrose, which is, so. an, which, is an interesting, which is an interesting wrinkle. Do I think that Fastlane, we're going to see, you know, Jericho come out and screw Ambrose, the Wyatts come out and screw Lesnar, so it's just going to be Roman Reigns? Yeah, 
but I think that was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I could they have done something differently? Absolutely. But I had no problem. I That show ended, and I was a very satisfied wrestling fan. I can agree with that statement. Who enjoyed who enjoyed the entirety of the show. Um, don't make this uncomfortable. Me? Never. But was or was not The Rock on some sort of drug during his appearance on Raw? His appearance on Raw was extremely entertaining, but it underscored the fact to me that absolutely no one else in that company is capable of hanging with him in that frenetic sort of energy. And you can point to the New Day all you want. Um, They looked like amateurs next to The Rock. And the other thing about that interaction that bothered me is at the very end, The Rock said, all right, you guys, it's been great basically gabbing with you guys for 20 minutes and taking up time on the show. See you at WrestleMania. What? I mean, I didn't expect The Rock, the Rock to wrestle at WrestleMania. I know that's been a question people have been asking about. I never believed it for a second that was going to happen. But you could have at least kept some mystery there what his involvement might actually be. Instead, you just had him come out, run his mouth for 20 minutes, basically wasting 20 minutes of the show just because this guy's a big star. And then he concluded by saying, all right, this was fun, but uh, see you in a couple months. It just seemed, it just really underscored to me what a waste of time that whole segment was. Entertaining, yes, but a waste of time. Yes, a waste of time. I don't think the man blinked for the entirety of that segment. Like, his eyes were wide. My favorite part of the whole thing was the bit with the Big Show. Oh, that was fantastic. The Big Show was mugging so, so hard. That moment right there, that is why you keep that man employed. Because he can be amazing. That is the reason... I, I always talk about missing the hurricane. And the reason why I miss the hurricane in Rosie is because of exactly that segment. You swap out Big Show for Hurricane and Rosie, and that's the rock that I love and miss mm-hmm. and want to see. Booker T and Goldust, same kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. They were in there. Uh, I didn't notice the ending so much. It was kind you know, by the it time the me. Usos came out, I had lost interest in oh the entire God. thing. Oh, family! And the Usos come out, and I'm like, oh, okay. But I will take umbrage with you here, sir. Where? I do not feel like the New Day were amateurs at all. I thought Are you they, kidding me? I oh, thought they... In they were their just own... asked me not to make you uncomfortable, but they sat there on Raw on national television rambling, penises, penises, you can't say penises. You can't say penises on television. No, you can't say penises on television. And they did that bit like several times throughout the entire thing, and it was funny. It was kind of entertaining the first time they did it. But them just talking over each other, repeating a catchphrase that The Rock says, that... I, <laughs> It's kind of a good performance. It's kind of a good delivery the first time maybe they did it, but it just makes you look like they're not capable of thinking on their feet. It makes them look like they're not... I, I, I don't know. I, 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 did, the I Rock was not as appreciative. Called, the Rock says that Big E is a combination of the Hulk and Urkel. And in his shock, Xavier Woods drops the trombone and then says, Did I do that? That is improvisational gold right there. And yeah, most people wouldn't have gotten it because nobody watched Family Matters that was probably in that crowd. But I, 
and maybe it was just Xavier Woods, I think in their own way, doing their own New Day type things, they went toe-to-toe with the great here's, one. Well, here's the other thing. They've done this before. The last time The Rock came out, The New Day came out, and they did the same exact thing. What was that? Six months ago? Like I don't remember when that was. Last Royal Rumble? Are, 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 we, are we going to say that The Rock was truly original? With all of what The Rock did, The Rock is breaking no, out but the it's same played stuff he's been out. Why do they decade. feel like? Why do they feel like they have to keep throwing the new day at The Rock because they're kind of goofy and they think that their goofy can match his goofy? I don't. It's it, It's not new. It's not interesting. They've Who done would you it have brought out, Rusev? I'm not saying there was a good choice because there probably isn't. But why do it at all? To kill 20 minutes of time. Right, which is what my main umbrage with the whole segment was. Oh, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that that part is wrong. That part is totally right. You know, it, it got to the point, the Big Show moment was great. I liked the stuff with the New Day right up until the Usos came out. Uh, obviously, Lana can't help but just make this company mad. Because every time she's on TV, it feels like she's getting made fun of in some way. Yeah, that was just, that whole interaction was, I didn't find that particularly entertaining either. He said some funny things about Rusev, I guess. No, it was, it was, it was demeaning. It was the big show. I liked him standing in the gorilla position, kind of mugging for the camera a bit, listening to the crowd. And the parts with the New Day I thought were funny. Again, you uh, took your strongest female character from the last two years and you reduced her to a sex object for The Rock. She's, she's done. She is done. 100%. I don't know if it's the engagement thing. I don't know if she did something else to irritate people. But there is no... I would not be surprised if in the WrestleMania, usually after WrestleMania, they release a handful of talent. Wouldn't be surprised if she goes. Yeah. They keep Rusev and they let her go. So, I... uh, I don't know. So, I don't know. But, you know, it... It was a time killer. People loved it. A lot of people, you know, got a kick out of it. They thought it was the best part of Raw. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, you know, the Social Outcasts, Bo Rida was the best part of Raw. Excuse me. Unwatchable. Bo Rida. What? Unwatchable. How dare you, sir? He I'm not was... a big fan of Flow Rider either, so... Neither am I, but when he put the hat and the glasses on and then broke out a a perfect Bo Dallas rap, I almost got up and just bowed to the master. I will say, for Flow Rider being like this, you know, actual rapper, I was not really impressed with his quote-unquote freestyle response to Bo Dallas either. He kind of came off... Because Bo Dallas like did that stereotypical, crappy, you know... My name is Bo Dallas, and I'm here to say... Right, he that. did like that stereotypical, awful white rapper sort of thing. But I kind of felt like Flowrider kind of just did the same thing back. Like, I wasn't, like, impressed by his skills I, as no. a rapper at all in that segment. I thought it was a very, very awkward, strange, meandering sort of segment that didn't really serve anyone involved. Mm. I, I don't know. That was just my opinion. No, I I, I, am incl- I think the social outcasts were great. Bo Dallas is the star of that group. I am sorry, Heath Slater, but Bo Dallas makes that group every single time. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see. There was one other thing about Raw. Oh, uh, 
I'm sorry, but when you come out to open the show, you know, Triple H cut a pretty good promo that obviously had a, a fair amount of truth in it, which is always the best kind of promos. Um, but when you say you're going to spend the entire show watching and evaluating talent, and then you come out at the end and don't, you know, <laughs> I was expecting a main event match that had multiple people. You know, Jericho's in there, Owens is in there, Ambrose is in there. You know, why, and we talk about this all the time, this, this, why would you we're put We're going to evaluate Reigns, talent, and a guy who didn't even appear on the show yeah. is who we're going to put into the main event of Fastlane. Why would you put Roman Reigns within 100 miles of the world title if you just went to all of these lengths to keep, to pull the belt off of him? I guess to humiliate him, to, in your hubris, to attempt to humiliate him further? I, I mean, I guess that's what they're trying to bring across, is that... You know, there's hubris at play here. They think that they're so above everything that Roman Reigns has no legitimate shot. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Logically, kayfabe, if I'm in that position, yeah, I don't... I, not only do I not book him with 100 yards of it, I send him home, I suspend him, I fire him, I release him from his contract. I don't know. I don't understand why anybody with their positions don't ever do that, yeah. kayfabe-wise. You, you but, start him at the bottom. You say, okay, you lost. You now have to wrestle... Fandango. Like, you've yep. got to work from the bottom back up. And, and you know, they talk about this on NAI Pod. I'm not sure why Triple H would put Brock Lesnar in a potential, t- you know, why, unless he's made a deal with the Wyatts on the side, which I hope he has. Why would you want to face Brock Lesnar again? You wouldn't. You so really, that part con- really wouldn't. That part confused me. So when Raw ended for you, when you finished it, were you feeling... More excited, less excited, or had the same amount of excitement as you felt following the Rumble itself? I'd say about the same, honestly, because Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose is going to be a great main event for Fastlane. It's going to be so watchable and a lot of fun. But if I sit back and really start thinking about that story, as you're suggesting right now, um, yeah, it don't make no sense. So that bothers me. But it's going to be a good wrestling contest. I mean, you can't take that away from it. I'm excited. You know, the Rumble was super exciting. Best pay-per-view I've seen in a very long time. Uh, Raw left me with more questions than answers, and the questions were not like a, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next kind of question. It was a, why would you do this, and why would you do that? Which is never a good thing, I think, if you're a wrestling fan. But I still think we're in a good place. You know, Fastlane... Would you say must- that after the Royal Rumble, you felt as though you had the answers, but then they up and changed the question? They pulled a Roddy Piper. They yeah. pulled a Roderick Toombs and changed the questions on me. Indeed. Um, we are approaching our 75-minute cutoff mark. So uh, the mailbag only had one question, and I'm not going <laughs> to read it word for word. It mailbag. comes from our good friend Chris, at C underscore Hawk 1994. Um who do we feel is going to be NXT champion heading into TakeOver Dallas? How is it anybody but Finn Balor? That's it's my Finn answer. Balor. They're not going to give it to Joe randomly. Some, you know, It's going to be that maybe Joe wins it and Finn Balor comes up to NXT. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be Joe. <coughs> it could be Joe. But 90% I'm saying Finn Balor. They could put it on Joe so Joe has it and loses it. Um, right on WrestleMania weekend, and that way Joe's primed to go to main roster after WrestleMania. I and mean, I see it as the other way around. I, 
I see it as the other way around. Finn Balor loses it in Dallas and goes up to the main roster. I think Joe will be on the main roster before Balor. Really? Uh, that's my opinion. Any particular reason for that? Or is if he a AJ Styles is on the main roster now, I I think they're going to be looking for something for that guy to do. And I think Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, has a lot of potential. And they okay. realize that. I'm... I don't have a problem with Finn Balor being the face of NXT for a while, you know, with Nakamura and Austin Aries and other people being a part of it. He needs to lose that belt. He can be involved in the main event picture, but they need to spread it around. They need to give it to Zayn. They need to give it to Corbin. They need to give it to somebody. There has to be some movement. There's been so so little movement in that title picture, in that company, for, for so long now, it's stale and boring. They need to do something. I would agree. I would agree. And I think with the influx of talent that they, you know, they they kept the belt on Balor, I think, because they really didn't have anybody else who was, you know, good enough to, to be their flag bearer. But I think they've got enough talent now between Cruz and Corbin and Joe and, you know, I haven't seen Tyler Breeze in a while, so I'm assuming he's in NXT again. I'm assuming he's going to be released after WrestleMania. Ugh, such a shame. Uh but, you know, hopefully hopefully we we see a new champion. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you make good points for Samoa Joe. I still think Balor's their guy. They want to, you know, streamline up. But either way, thank you for the email, uh, Chris. Our email, we didn't mention it because we didn't get any emails. Uh, DDTWrestling at gmail.com. We got one email. Thank you, Chris. We did. We did. He's a good guy, that Chris. He's our best pod buddy. He is. Pod besties, pod besties, thank you. Oh my. All right, Uh, final thoughts time. Anything left on your mind that we should chat about before we move on for our weekend? I was really pleased with the Royal Rumble match overall. And, uh, you know, even with the the complaints that I had, uh, I don't know, I feel like we have a strong lead up to WrestleMania. I'm feeling good. About the product. I feel like they put a lot of things in place for a great WrestleMania. You know, Royal Rumble probably was their best storytelling, dare I say it, since I started watching again around WrestleMania 30. So it's been almost two years. I don't remember the last time they were firing on all cylinders and, you know, seemed to tell so many stories so intricately. Part they of that have is- a lot of talent right now. <laughs> Well, and part of that is the nature of the Rumble. A 30-man Rumble, an hour-long match, you better tell multiple stories, otherwise it's going to be real boring. Trust me, I've watched them all. They have plenty of years where there are no multiple stories. Yes, but this was the exception, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for that. Um, I hope we see some of these things that I'm seeing. You know, I hope I'm not just you know, trying to, like I said, trying to put the pieces together to match the fantasy booking in my head, but you know, I I haven't really looked at the rumored NXT card, but it looks, from what I remember, to be solid. This is going to be a great weekend of wrestling watching, which is why Doc Manson and I, I am proud to announce, will be taking the Monday after WrestleMania off, so we will podcast all day long if we have to. Uh, to what talk day is about- WrestleMania? It is Sunday, April 3rd, so we're looking at Monday, April 4th. Tell your... Tell your, uh, the, you know, the powers that be 
at your fancy science place, Monday, April 4th, you will be unable to attend because it's going to be the DDT Marathon, baby. Oh, yeah. I have to check my schedule. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to watch WrestleMania live. Why not? Uh, I might have a thing. No. I know what this thing is. You can't go. I might have a thing. It's the first weekend of the month. I might have a thing. Wow. You just heard the end of DDT <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> well, you know, even if I'm not able to, maybe then that just means I have to take that Monday off. And we can watch it live. Get my reactions. Uh, now, okay. All right. You just saved it. Because I would totally do that. All I right. could go into it totally blind. I won't read about any of the spoilers. I won't well, I'm going to watch it, but I won't well, tell yeah, you Well, yeah, yeah, you could be rewatching and Yeah. All right. We'll we'll we if will, that's we'll the do case. A... I could be wrong on the dates. I could be wrong. Okay. On the dates. But if so, you just salvaged it. So, all right. All right. We're heading down the road to WrestleMania and the road looks good, folks. Uh, the power of positivity has made us happy. So, he is Doc Manson. Please find him on Twitter at yes. Doc Manson. Find me at Doc Manson. Yes. Do Are you it. up to 500 followers yet? You're close. I've, uh, I've been at like 490 all week. I'm at 498. Oh, oh, he is so close. He's going to offer a fabulous prize once he gets to 500. He's going to share uh, a, I don't know, he'll share a picture of his pizza plate with you. <laughs> Maybe we'll get another Oscar. Be- we will get another Oscar picture at 500 followers. Absolutely. All right. I am DC Matthews. You can find me on Twitter at DC Matthews NAI. Please send us an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. He's Doc. I'm DC. And until next time, we is it ghost singular? I forget again. We're, we're ghosting. Gifts. We're gifts. We're ghost like. We're we're ghoulishly ghosts. We're 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 Ecto Cooler. We're Ecto Cooler. We out? Yeah, we're out.